going on this is jay ellis from the nick of time show can you give you that next talk just in the nick of time and i'm in a new place new background sound not set up but you know we set up the nick set up all right because the knicks beat the wizards 118 2109 and we had four players today in double figures today we had obi toppin who had a season High 21 points for assist. We also had Mitchell Robinson, who had eight points and 11 rebounds. Emmanuel quickly joins the 2020 club with 22 points, five assists, and six rebounds. Jalen Brunson chips in with 22 points, eight assists. Quentin Grimes, the one he showed up with 27 points as well and two rebounds. And the Knicks really did their job on the defensive end. They, they forced a lot of turnovers today. 18 turnovers to be exact forced by the Washington Wizards. Uh, they scored 21 points off of turnovers and fast break points, 18 to 15 advantage Knicks. And we're going to talk about it all. The good, not so bad, really, and more good. So let's go. No gunshots today, but I'm busting my finger in the sky. Let's go, <laughs> Knicks. Rah, rah, that's what we're going to do. All right, let's go. So let me get it. But before we get into the details of the game, shout out to FUBU TV. If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, head to FUBUTV.com slash KT to watch the Knicks for free for seven days. If you want to keep it, you pay a little bit of money, you get a cut, and everybody's happy. All right, so shout out to FUBU TV. And I'm going to introduce you to my guys. First and foremost, it is the man who lives, the legend, the guy with stats and facts. Ryan G's in the building. Knicks are in the playoffs. The vibes are immaculate. We outside. We outside. <laughs> and of course, you already know it is my man, ESPN contributor, posting and posting contributor, best big contributor, the Latin assassin. Let's go. What's going on, E? I want to thank everyone for their contributions, uh, raising money to free Jay Ellis. The, the ransom was high, but the man was worth it. You know, Ryan did a great job honing down the show, but it's not the same without our uh, fearless leader in charge here. So thank you, everyone, for the nickels and opinions y'all contributed. We were able to bail our man out. He's here and he's outside. Yeah, man. Net, the Nets fan got me, man. Because these guys, as you know, I moved to Jersey, and you know, the Nets fans all stopping grounds in Jersey, so they helped me hostage. So thank you guys for freeing me with the rent some money and super chat. I appreciate all you guys, right? <laughs> and I just appreciate. And good job, right, G Lee, holding down, um, holding down without us. A shout out to Fritz too, the best mind in the game. Most like fast it over here, running the backgrounds, you know, tweeting us. Uh, He's doing it all. So shout out to that guy, Fritz, the best mod in the game. Yep. But let's talk, let's talk about this game. I, I got to talk about the hot takes, too, that Levy takes. Because Levy takes a hot take in the back pocket. I swear. <laughs> let's talk about it. But before we go, let's talk about the game first. Let's talk about the game first. Um, this, this is one of those games that reminds us why Leon Rose and the staff is coach of the year. I mean, uh, front office of the year candidates because we are missing 40 points on the starting lineup in RJ Barry and Julius Randle. And somehow we're still able to get it done. Manny Quickman is still dropping uh, 20 on you. Quentin Grimes has been struggling all season, has all of a sudden found his stride. And now he's averaging over 20 a game. 50 what like 50 from the field and 50 from three the depth of this team is immaculate and we're clicking at the right time and it, it all has a lot to do with the depth that we have is is more dangerous and we were worried about that at the beginning of the season because our bench was a net negative until halftime until uh the first the second half of the season but now shoot, it's all it's all coming together man it's it's linking together so kudos for these knicks and kudos for this win because this win was gutted out because of the death of OB, Grimes, and uh, IQ. Uh, so, uh, Lee, I'm going to let you start off. What do you have to say about this Knicks? And, and if you want to add something to what I said, go ahead and do that. Man, this is a lineup that NIF fans in certain corners of Twitter always want to see. 
with RJ and Julius Randle sitting, the pace picked up. And it was nice to see that Brunson's capable of pushing the the tempo and getting some transition buckets because we haven't seen a whole lot of that in his time with Knicks and his time in Dallas. Dallas was dead last in pace last year as well, uh, even yeah. though they were a different team defensively than they are now. So it was nice to see Brunson have that extra wrinkle to his game. Um, it was fun. I don't think that team could win more than 35, 36 games, but it was really fun to watch. What me and Ryan talked about last episode was we wanted to see more of that when Randall sits. There's really no excuse to slow it down yeah. and let Brun- Brunson and RJ, you know, dribble the air out of the ball and ISO sets. I'd much rather see us utilize Hart and Hartenstein's advanced passing and the outlets for easy buckets in transition because a lot of guys show tonight that they're, they're great catch and shoot. Uh, three-point shooters and grimes and quickly and we got a lot of guys in drive to the basket really smart durable guys um grimes and Hart both were awesome driving to the basket they find angles hitting tough shots absorbing contact so i want to see a lot more transition and i want to see a lot more of obi and mitch utilized in lob and pick and roll opportunities where they're going downhill instead of you know forcing obi in the corner and mitch really having to fight for offensive rebounds just to get some points but overall you know it was awesome showing a game that we should have won with them not having bradley beal uh i liked a lot of the effort i, I saw from some of the bench guys yeah absolutely 30 to, to your to your point the about the assists we only had what 32 assists on a day so your wish is air command you move the ball a lot more without uh RJ and, and Julius Randle in there. And, you know, you push the pace too. Shout out to Josh Hart. He's been, I feel like his, uh, I think Han said it, his play has been infectious with everybody is now pushing the pace and getting into that type of action of I'm getting the rebound, I'm finding OB, I'm throwing the ball down, and getting those easy buckets. So we, it's, it's all working for us right now. The only thing I really want to see more of is the defense, which I sold a bit of later. Um, but um, before I even get to that, I'm going to pass it off to Ryan. G, let me know what you got. Yeah, so the way this game started out, you know, there's a saying that goes, hard work always beats talent that does not work hard. And I feel like that happened in the first half because I, I feel like what happened was there was no Beal, no KP. So the Knicks are going into that game like kind of yawning, like, you know, you know, no deal, yeah. no deal. You know, this should be piece of cake or whatever the case may be. But the but the Wizards came out to play, and they and they pretty much like smacked the Knicks in the mouth early. But then when the second half came around, it was like Knicks talent took over because now now the Knicks talent started to work hard, and yeah. that works hard is going to always be hard work. So that's what happened in the second half. But um, yeah, the Knicks played good tonight. You know, I'm glad to see 32 assists because without RJ, without Julius on the floor, you only have one elite. ISO player in Brunson, so therefore you have to pass the ball around to get, you know, to take good quality shots, and I'm good, glad to see the Knicks did that, and I was really impressed with Obi Toppin's game tonight, 21 points in 33 minutes, definitely played well tonight, one rebound, like, that's the only grab I have with Obi's game, yeah. the rebound. rebound numbers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, Obi played a good game tonight, I definitely got to give him his props, and Grimes too, like, the Grimes that we're seeing right now, like it's like Grimes is peaking at the right moment because, because if this is the Grimes that we get in the playoffs, oh my gosh, the Knicks are going to be hell. So I'm glad yes. Grimes is peaking right now. But yeah, this was a great, great, great win by the Knicks tonight. First half was shaky, but I'm glad to see them turn around the second half. Facts. Man, I mean, let's, in the beginning of the season, I thought that this team was better than our our COVID team. Um, I didn't think it was going to be as high a seed, though, because I felt like the competition in the East was going to be a lot tougher this season. But, you know, Nets imploded and all that stuff. That's uh, neither here nor there. One of the big reasons why I thought the team was going to be better was because I saw the potential of Quentin Grimes versus what a guy like Reggie Bullock was giving us. You know, Reggie, sure, Reggie Bullock could hit some threes. But I've seen rookie year. Quentin Grimes is a guy who can hit threes in big moments and play defense. And, and there was still like a little bit more to this game. We saw a little bit of that in, in summer league when he was taking over playing a little bit of the point guard spot. So like Ryan said, he's peaking at exactly the right time. I know some good people in Knicks Nation were kind of low on him because they felt like his shooting numbers pedestrian. But you still have to remember these guys are still young. 
guys who are learning and developing. This is his first year being a starter, a starting shooting guard in the NBA where people already know his tendencies from last year, and now he has to adjust this year. And at this point in the season, I feel like he's adjusted to how people are playing him. He's adjusted to how aggressive teams are going to fold out on him because they know he's a shooter now. And he's putting it all together with the shooting and the passing and the diamond and He's letting it fly. We called him Baby Allen Houston, Baby Clay Thompson for a reason, and it's all coming together at the perfect time. I can't. I hope he carries momentum with him in the playoffs. I agree. I, I think we've all said this multiple times this season on the podcast that he's such a plug and play player. He doesn't need a whole lot of plays ran for him. It helps when you have some pin downs or people are setting screens and getting them wide open on perimeter against lesser defenders. But for the most yeah. part, no matter what other four guys are on the court with him, Hartenstein, Mitch, Brunson, McBride, he's going to catch the ball and drill a three. He's going to make really smart rim reads. He's really great at, at, at closeouts, attacking closeouts and getting to the hoop. He's just a really yeah. smart, high IQ player that has sneaky athleticism. But, you know, he's not necessarily he's not super limited in terms of footwork and speed, but he has enough to get by most defenders in the NBA outside of the Lou Dortz of the world. So the ceiling isn't super high, but I think it's as high as an R.J. Barrett. I really do because of his three point shooting is already there. And that's what usually separates guys from being able to take another step forward or not. And he has that and defense. Yeah, it's crazy. R.J. Barrett has this thing where he can play slower. And punish guys right now. Quentin Grimes is quick moving one speed. If he ever, if it ever in Quentin's life where he can have that other speed where it's just not fast, but I can slow the game down and punish yeah. you that way, um, then he will go to a whole other stratosphere. Um, but he's done very well this season. I'm, I'm not sure. Right? I want to bring it to Obi too. I see people in the chat like Obi, Obi, Obi. I heard you. I heard you. Obi. Um, I want to talk about him a little bit more. Uh, the rebounding is still not there, but this is like another example of when players get playing time, they can just score more. Season five for the top. We 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 you've seen it with with uh, what's the dude's name of Kispert, right? Corey Kispert. Everybody, he, he got a career mm-hmm. out of day, but I I don't feel bad about it because he's in a different role now. He's playing more minutes now. Sometimes what happens? When you're a guy coming off the bench and you have other guys in front of you, you don't get the chance to show the stuff you have. And the, the guys in the broadcast said it perfectly today. It happened with Jalen Brunson last year where he's been with Luca. It's been happening with Manny quickly when he's been with the Knicks. And uh, so this is the same thing that happened with Pittsburgh. You know, Manny quickly had what, like a like a 30 or oh, a triple double last year at the end of the season. So I'm not look, I'm not harping too much on his Corey Kispert thing. Um but um, listen, Ob Toppin, he, he got more time. He's showing more. He's showing to do. I still believe Ob Toppin could be a twenty-point scorer in the NBA, even thirty-minute game. The defense still has to come around a little bit healthy more. But he, he's he's showing what he can do. He did have a nice defensive play though. He did have some nice defensive play. Um, what do you think of Ob's game? Yeah, um, yeah, like oh. I said, yeah, Ob had an impressive game tonight. Um, yeah, like you said, he did have some defensive lapses, which, I mean, you know, is expected of Obi. You know, Obi's not the best defender in the world, but there was one play specifically in the game that I want to point to where I think Obi deserved major props because he made up for a big mistake he made. Like, it, I think it was in the fourth quarter, I believe, where he took a deep three and he airballed the three and yeah. then the brought the ball up the court. And then I forgot who went up for the layup, but then Obi blocked that layup. And then I, I, and I think he ended up scoring on the other end of the court after he blocked it on top of that. So, you know, plays like that is what's going to keep Obi on this team, you know, because even though he's not the greatest defender, the one thing you, the one thing you can say about Obi is that he shows a lot of effort when he plays. Yeah. He's, always, he's always high energy when he's on the court. And he gets you easy baskets in transition. Also, he's an alley-oop threat as well. So... You know, I, I think what this mainly shows is that it just shows how deep the Knicks really are because this is a guy that gets, you know, he's lucky if he gets 13 minutes in a game yeah. you know, when the team is fully healthy. And now you see that he gets 33 minutes in a game and then all of a sudden he's 9 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 21 points, 4 assists. 
of course, you would like him to rebound more, you know, like you said, because, you know, he's a big man. So you expect him to, to grab more rebounds. But it just shows how deep the Knicks really are, like, from one to nine. Yeah. If this kid was on the Orlando Magic, Toronto Raptors, um, Charlotte Hornets, he would be averaging 20 and five, I think, easily this season. I, I think his athleticism and his three-point shot alone – would let him average 20 points. He might even get a few more of that based on free throw attempts if he was getting to the hoop more and getting some calls. But, I mean, he's buried on the bench behind an MVP candidate, judging by NBA.com. You know, all-star, all more than likely all-NBA. There's not much you can do about that. And I don't blame Tom Thibodeau for playing Randall as much as he does at this point in the season because that he gives you the best shot at winning a game. So it's unfortunate that Thibodeau can't play a small ball lineup with Randall at the five and Obi the four more consistently so that all those stats and analytics can rise, you know, because you get a greater sample size. With a small mm-hmm. sample size, we have like five or seven instances to look at, and it looks really bad. But I think in a, in a greater span of opportunity, it would rise a little bit in its efficiency. Um, and Obi obviously can't play with three either because he would get cooked on defense. Um, right. And his rebounding would be atrocious. It already is. It's the worst part of his game. I think even worse than his defense. Uh, but I think he's probably going to end up being traded this summer, which sucks. That's yeah. not hurt our depth. But I really feel like that's the piece that's moved along with some draft capital to upgrade our small forward spot, uh, moving RJ to a two, or even including RJ. I just feel like it's starting to be Obi that's going to be moved because that extension's you know uh, looming ahead next summer. So. It, I love the kid. He just brings such a joy when he comes on the court. And yeah. I hope it doesn't affect IQ staying here too with them being best friends. But yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate how things played out, but I think he'll get an opportunity somewhere. I wish it was the Knicks. I, I, I just feel like, you know, IQ is going to want his money. <laughs> like IQ one is going to want time and he's going to want money. And unfortunately for IQ to get his own money because between the 40-point game that IQ had versus the Heat and the, his showing on national TV versus the Celtics, you know, uh, price going up, sir. Like like Joe like Joe said, if the price is not today's price, it's going to be even more costly to keep them. So, right. I, unfortunately, I, I agree with you. I do see Obi Toppin being a casualty of that. Um, but it, And it sucks for us, but at the same time, when your organization does such a good job Stacking talent from front to back. This is kind of what happens. Like what happens when you do a good job drafting and getting free agents. And when you don't suck at your job, good talent comes out, leaves, uh, goes out the doors. That's that's unfortunately kind of what we might be experiencing. Unless unless Obi just magically goes, hey guys, I'm the paid me. Give me two million a year for the rest of my career. Like I don't see that. So I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I have anything to add to that. Um, not really. I mean, I pretty much said my piece on Obi. You know, good, great game tonight by Obi. Got you, got you. Yo, salute to the chat, man. I'm out. Free J. Ellis is in effect. Thank you guys for getting me out. The Nets fans got me. They say mad. They're trying to hold me for ransom. They're trying to make they mad because they're trying to get the fifth seed in the playoffs. But we're not trying to let them have it, all right? We're going to win this game. Listen, the Knicks are in a, a position where we, I, I've heard them talk about it on layers. Where we have we tied the season series, right? Um, and then I think we have the edge. In the con- not the conference series, but the what's the bracket in the conference? Division. Division. There we go. We have uh, I think an eight to seven edge in the division series over them. If they beat, if the Nets beat the 76ers to be tied in the division, then after that it'll be the conference. Who's won more games in the conference? And that's why today's game was important because the Wizards are in the conference. So we win one more. I believe we win one more game in our conference. We will have the fifth spot. So the work is not done. Um, we still got some, some more work to do. Um, we have the Pacers twice. I believe we'll be winning at least one of those games. We have a lot of the fifth seed. And we might see a lot more Deuce McBride um, here on out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but salute to the chat. Uh, salute to Ann Grill for its uh we survived we uh surveyed 100 people and bic everybody rocking with the show um i have minor minor critiques my only minor critique because we've been on the whole game is the defense you know like we said um 
I still feel like you were better defensively than me. Um, before before um, before uh, All Star break, I felt we were better defensively before All Star break. Um, I feel like we're slipping a little bit there, even though we're winning. Our offense is just kind of taking off and just starting to beat teams over the head. Um, with the exception of maybe the heat game. So um, I think our perimeter defense still has to be a little bit better. The Wizards really got what they wanted because it was able to penetrate and dish us to death. Um, shout out to Mitch, though. I feel like Mitch is starting to be a little bit more aware of how bad the, the perimeter defense has been. <laughs> and his, his blocks per game have been going up. But we need to help Mitch out, keep him out of foul trouble, because as you know, if your perimeter is keeping compromised, your center is also compromised for um, uh, for having to recover from that because you know he gets he can get fouls from that. So we need to clean that up, and hopefully we use this opportunity to tighten the defense moving forward, going into the playoffs. Uh, shout out to Mitch for, for doing his thing, and shout out to Quentin Grimes and those guys for everything. All right, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. I'm gonna move on. Yeah, um, the defense has been a concern, but. I think the only reason I'm not really overly worried is just the fact that the Knicks offense has picked up. Yeah. So, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks offense has picked up, but not only that though, it's the fact that even in, even in, those, even in these games where the Knicks defense has kind of, you know, been slipping a bit, the Knicks have still shown an ability that they can still make stops when need be. And I, mm. think that's, and I think that's what's most important in the playoffs. So I think the fact that the Knicks offense has stepped it up a notch and the fact that their defense can still make stops when need be, I'm not overly worried. Now, if the Knicks offense was just straight buns and and then on top of that, they can't stop anybody, then I would, but then I would be like, whoa, whoa, like, yeah, that's a cause of concern. But just the fact that, you know, they have, they've displayed in these games that despite the defense been slipping a little bit, they can still make those stops when need be and the offense is still rolling. I'm not as overly concerned. I agree with that. I agree. I, that's, that's- that's a good point. That's a good point. Also, shout out to MBIC. He says Randall's worth is high now. Trade him. Oh, I'm address that too. Like, too many times when star players go down and teams win anyway. So there's sometimes fan bases go, oh, we didn't need him anyway. And I just want to pause right there and, and just let you guys know, hey, Two good players are better than you. This <laughs> is really simple math. Two good players are better than one. This is a Wizards team. The playoffs are going to be a different animal. Um, and in the playoffs, you're going to want those guys who are going to cause double teams who are going to be able to handle pressure like Jalen Brunson and finish off games. So I don't want you guys to get ahead of yourself and go, oh, we don't need all these guys anyway. No, we still need these guys. If we're a deeper team. If you look at our team right now, we have four guys in double figures. And everybody else, nine points, two points, two points, three points, you know. And it's great that our four guys have been able to score double figures, but we can't expect to have those guys carry the load every day. Like some days, the load is going to be less for those guys, and they're going to be off. And that's when you have the other guys coming in and picking up the slack. So depth is needed. Depth is the strength of our team. And I would like to keep our death as much as possible. Me first. Yeah, and you see, this is the this is the kind of stuff I talk about because I addressed this on the last podcast. Like, okay, so tonight the Knicks win. They clinch a playoff berth. They're pretty much one game away from clinching the fifth seed. It's a successful season, but yet you always have to have somebody to bring up some negative and be like, yeah, we should trade Randall while his value is high. Like, this is the stuff I talk about. Like, is it like, I like Obi. I like Obi, but let's not blow it out of proportion. He had a good game tonight. It was against a Wizards team without KP and without Bradley Beal. Let's not blow it out of proportion. (laughs) And then on top of that, he only grabbed one rebound tonight. Like I liked Obi, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm willing to just trade Randall, who's an all-star player this year, for a guy that yes, he's athletic and yes, he provides energy, but come on, as a big, only grabbing one rebound and his defense is, is suspect. Like, come on now, man. Like, this is stuff I can't stand from, from Knicks fans. It's, it's crazy to me. 
It's wild. Yeah, it is. We've also never seen Obi Toppin operate as this primary scoring option over an 82 game season, facing yeah. double teams and the opposing team's best deep defenders. Like the, the sample size aren't even equal because it's not even just KP and Beal. Kyle Kuzma's out too. Like yeah, they're missing the three best players and three highest scorers. Like this is an exhibition game right now. I mean, the fact that Corey Kispert was a lean store for them, tells you everything you know about the depth of their roster and the talent yeah. that was out there on the floor at night. You put Obi through the same reiner that Julius Randle was put through in the last three seasons. He the, the stats, efficiencies, and metrics aren't near the same. Yeah, like I love Obi, but you gotta consider the you gotta sit in the talent in the competition. Like, of course. Obi versus Evan Mobley, it was a different situation. Like, like we gotta and this is not as this is like eight because I'm not trying to dip on Obi. I like Obi as a player. But you have to put things in context as well. That's, that's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, but still a good win. Still a good win. We had no RJ. We had old Randall. Our depth is uh, out depth, their depth. And that's why he worked. <laughs> Pretty much. So shout out to the front office. Shout out to this next team who have clinched a playoff berth. They are going to be sixth, sixth place in the East. And we can clinch fifth with another game and kick the nets in the nuts one more time. Because <laughs> we already know freaking Dallas is kicking us in the nuts because they, they just lost to the freaking – I wish you had the broad button for this because they just lost to the Atlanta Hawks. And now we might not a pick this season. It sucks. <laughs> That's – Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, Kyrie's the gift to keep showing. All right. Um, <laughs> yo, let's, let's talk about – I don't know if you guys – I was watching this show last, last show. I still have to. I still have to watch the other show. But it's been man. It's been super crazy. I've been, it's, but I'm going to watch the last show and parts of last night. But Lee brought us something interesting. I want to talk about this. Hot take McGee is out when I'm not. <laughs> Let's go. Let's talk about it. The Knicks are making the finals. Yeah, they are. Explain this to me. Explain the Knicks making friends. Well, I've, I've been on a really good run of takes. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely known for hot takes. The 50-burger is statistically impossible, but 49 is not. And if we end up winning 48 or 49 games, it's not a 50-burger, but damn, it's close. So I'm feeling real good about that. Said this would be Tom Thibodeau's best coaching season with the Knicks. Feeling good about that. Said Julius Randle was an MVP candidate. Feel good about that. So my hot takes have so far lined up pretty well. I said, you know what? Let's take it a step further, a step further, and say we're going to the finals. Because I think most NBA experts agree that in both conferences, this is the greatest level of parity we've seen, man, maybe in 20 years, uh, maybe even 30 years. We haven't seen this level of a playing field in, in the East and the West in a really long time. There's no Shaq, Kobe, Lakers, Tim Duncan, Spur. Chris Bosh, Wade, my uh, LeBron, Miami, Golden State Warriors with or without KD. There's not a team like that right now. Like the Warriors are in sixth place in the West. Denver looks very beatable defensively. They, they're poor. And Chris Middleton with the Butts is not playing that well this season. He's, he's either injured or has some off the court issues. I know what's going on, but he's averaging below his career average of 17 a game. So I think that the Butts are beatable. I think the Butts are a better team than the Knicks. They're a better team than the Knicks. They had the best player in the world in Giannis. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. I'm going to try. The, absolutely, he, he's, he's the best player in the world. But they're beatable in a seven-game series because the Knits are the hot team going to the playoffs. Us and Sacramento are the two teams I feel like they're going to the playoffs with the most momentum. And I think we have a better chance in Sacramento to make a real deep playoff run in the Eastern Conference because I think mean, the West is a little bit better than the East right now. And I, I look at it. I'm like, all right, we play Cleveland. We're going to beat them in six games. That's my prediction. Second round, if we're hot and super confident and we play Milwaukee, we can take that shit to seven and beat them. And then there's, I'm not worried about Philly or Boston after that if we beat Milwaukee. So I think it's possible. I'm going to go ahead and say it and put it out there in the universe and be the first person to say it and have it chronicled you know, on this video. I think it's very possible if we don't. You know, I'm still going to love this team. It's not, it's not a failed postseason if we lose in the second round to Milwaukee or Boston or Philly. It's a success and keep Tom Thibodeau for another season. But I really think the way this team is clicking and how well Tibbs is coaching and how great Brunson's playing, we beat anybody. 
you know, I just want to say something right quick because when, when Lee said this yesterday, I was kind of like, I'm not sure. But then I looked at the schedule. The last game the Knicks played the Bucks this season was January 9th. That was before the Knicks traded for Josh Harden. That's before the Knicks really started hitting a stride. So I'm not saying Lee is right because I still, I still pick the Bucks. I still pick the Bucks over the Knicks if they face each other in the second round. But it'll be interesting to see how the Bucks do against this new Knicks team because the Bucks hasn't faced this version of the Knicks. Facts. And I just noticed that. And I just noticed that after the show yesterday when I looked up the Knicks schedule. That's all I'm going to say. Bud's a good coach. I think Tibbs is better. Bud's not a bum, but I think Thibodeau is a better coach. You put you swap uh, Bud for Tibbs the year they won the championship. What was that? 2021. They, they still win the championship with Giannis. I think Tibbs is the best coach in the Eastern Conference outside of Spo. Woo. Man, you got Ryan with you, man. Did you take Ryan? Did you, did you hear that, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Lee is at Vegas. And he's just like rolling dice and he's cute. <laughs> and he's like seven. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep it going. You know what? One more time. We're playing with house money, man. It's been a hell of a season. You know, there's nothing that can stop this regular season from being a success. Even if we'd have beaten the first round, the regular season was still a success. And I'm, no, yeah. I'm overly confident we were going to beat the Cavs because I'm just looking at the roster and how weak they are at the three, how limited their front court is offensively, how bad their bench is, and their head coach has never coached in the playoffs before, ever. I'm confident Tom Thibodeau and this, these New York Knicks are going to whoop them in the first round. And after that, man, the sky's the limit. I've seen crazier. I, this, is, this is all I'm going to say. The Cavs, I, I think it's the weak Cavs. Like, I have no argument for me there. The Bucks. A lot, our Bucks games have been close. I remember the last time we played the Bucks. To me, we specifically lost because our bench was trying to close that game. And we had McBride in trying to guide, guard these taller players and we can cook. And you are right. They have not faced us with Jai Hart. We are a different team. And also Quentin Grimes has, has reached another level of confidence that he never had from this season. But, you know, they also didn't have Middleton yet. So we have not faced the Bucks with Middleton as of yet as well. Plus, there is a difference between playoffs and regular season. When, when you watch these teams that make deep playoffs runs, like the Bucks and those guys, sometimes it's harder to get up for certain games and things can get a little bit closer because they're like, yo, I played – 100 games last, got to the finals, got the second. Sometimes you, you tend to coast. Now, the Bucks, they still end up, they're still, well, they, their coasting hasn't really been coasting. Their coasting has been, their coasting has been, we're still the best communities. But what I'm really saying is, I don't all the way trust teams' performances in the regular season who have gone to like the second round, the finals. Because sometimes those type of teams get bored. Um, so that's why when I'm looking at the Cavs and the Knicks, both young teams, both don't have experience, I'm thinking, you know what? We can take those teams. But when it comes to the guys, the 76ers who've been there, done that, the, the Cavs, I mean, the, the Celtics and the Bucks, um, I'm, we are immensely talented, but – I'm not sure, even in the regular season, but maybe exception to the Celtics. I still feel like we might be able to beat the Celtics, but I still, I still feel like the Celtics has another gear when they care in the postseason versus the regular. The Butts are the only team in the Eastern Conference that the Knicks to match up with as a higher seed that's actually won a championship. So, and we are have seen historically the level of incompetence and choke that Doc Rivers has done at every single stop that he's been in as a head coach, every single one. And Joe Missoula, if memory serves correct, this is his first season in the NBA. Also, never coached in the playoffs before. Tibbs, 
I know he ain't the best playoff <laughs> winning coach, but I think this team is bought in and ha- ha- he has their ear so strongly and they're so motivated by him, willing to run through a wall for him, that I think that the overall talent can, can, out, can outmatch any other team based on the momentum that this team's going to the playoffs in. I really believe that because we're deep, and if Randall is having an off night, we're not one-dimensional like these other guys. Hart steps up, Grimes steps up, Hughes steps up. That's also what separates us from these teams, where Philly d- depends so much on Embiid, Milwaukee depends so much on Giannis, and Boston depends so much on Tatum. Good Brown is props, too. But we, we are a team unit where multiple guys on any given night can drop 30. we got like seven guys who can do that. And I'm putting Obi in that category as well because I've seen it happen. So we're a, dang, we're a dangerous team. We're a hard out, and nobody wants to see us in the first round. You know Cleveland was praying for Brooklyn to, to meet us in the first <laughs> round, to meet them in the first round. And it ain't happening, Betty. You're getting the nits and we're going to smack your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown ain't no chump, man. Like, like, no, he's not. Brown ain't no chump, dog. I like this, Horford has been battle tested, but like, I agree with you with the 76ers. Like, but I, Embiid is still a force. That guy should be MVP. So even though we're not, we're deeper than 76ers, sometimes when you have that one guy who can just bust your ass, ask the Bulls and Michael Jordan, like, there's nothing you can do. And I feel like it's healthy. Embiid is that guy where when he gets to that level, I don't care how deep you are. If that man is healthy, you're not going to stop that. Like that's that's how I feel personally. But um, it's going to take a lot for me. It's going to be it's going to be him. But oh, it's also going to be hard too. You know what I'm saying? Hard enough to show up for us, uh, for them to actually win. But I, I feel like there's certain players where we're underestimating um, on our run through to the imaginary finals. I get the optimism though, but I, I feel like we still have a lot to prove. I agree with that. But since I'm playing with house money, I'm going to go ahead and push all my chips in the <laughs> table and say that the New York Knicks are making the finals. I'm, I've seen I've seen crazier things happen. You know, when the Miami Heat made that finals run against the Lakers, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the Mavs or the Western Conference finals last year. But a team that's hot at the right time, really crazy things can happen momentum-wise, based on momentum. And the X factor to me in the playoffs isn't even R.J. Barrett. It's our bench. This guy's like Josh Hart. And Emmanuel quickly can be huge contributors. And the reason why we win a series is because all of a sudden IQ starts averaging 25 in a seven-game series. Our heart averages 15, 5, and 5 in a seven-game series. And that now we're actually beating somebody that we're not supposed to beat based on biggest right. odds or records. Yeah, I can see it. Josh Hart is definitely a big factor for sure. I can definitely yeah. see it. I still feel like RJ is going to be back. I feel like Julius Randle's health slash rhythm is also going to be a factor because the timing of this injury is so weird. You know, it's like, all right, he's going to be evaluated, what, one day before the playoffs? Mm -hmm. When you say evaluated, right? Evaluated and healthy are two different words. Evaluated means we're going to check to see what's happening. It doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy enough to play. So that word kind of made me Worry a little bit because two week layoff coming back in the playoffs. Like I can see, I want like I can see fans going crazy going back having your first game back into a playoff series with playoff intensity. I can see that going. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And man, Julius Randle could have a Willis Reed moment where you don't expect him to play, but all of a sudden he walks through that tunnel ready to suit it up. He comes in and hits his first three shots, baby. It's game over. Let's go. But I, I really do think Randall needed this break mentally. I think he was starting to get into a, a repetition where he was yeah. arguing way too many calls, getting way too emotional. This is a perfect time for him to step back, clear his head, get his mental right, and then come back and provide leadership into the playoffs. I I agree. I wish this two weeks is too long though. Like if you, you when you play ball, like you, the thing that worries me about this too is like it's an ankle injury. So there's a few things that happen when you have a leg injury versus a hand injury, and one of the things is your wind is gone because now you're not running up and down the court. So you have to work yeah. back at the basketball stage. Then you have to get your timing right, and you haven't played in two weeks, and you have to get that shot right. So it's like. 
he has a lot, and he's going to be doing that in the playoffs. He usually starts off game gunning it from three. He has to work all that back in the playoff intensity. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, but we'll see what happens. Guys, I'm warning you right now. Please, please, please do not turn on Julius Randle. If he comes back game one in the playoffs or game two in the playoffs and he's rusty, please give this man some grace. Please. Yeah, I agree. Please. Yeah, I agree. I agree too, but you cannot depend on some Knicks fans to do that because even we see tonight, you know, Knicks clinch a playoff, Knicks clinch a playoff spot, the Knicks win tonight, and all of a sudden, yeah, Knicks should trade Julius Randle while his stock is high. So you can't guarantee Knicks fans to give Julius Randle any type of grace if he comes back from injury and he's not lighting it up his first couple of games back. Right. Exactly. I remember the same thing. When Mitch when Mitch was injured one season and missed like 60 games and everybody was like, oh, Mitch is a center. He'll just be right back and he'll just be blocking shots. And then he sucked for like a month. <laughs> he couldn't run. And then it's like, oh, he's horrible. He's horrible. I'm just like, this is what happens when you're injured and you haven't played for a while. You have to work your sure. way back. Like, so I just, just, just remember that, guys. Just keep keep that in mind, all right? <laughs> all right, yo. So salute to the chat. Don't you have to? All right. <laughs> uh, shout out to Pix for Timmy, Angria, NBIC, Paul Butler, Stanley Novak, uh, uh, Fair Brilliant Knicks, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. If you, have, you like the show so far, hit the like, subscribe. There's usually a bunch of gunshots and all this other craziness that happens in between. In, between all the crazy conversation, I don't have all my stuff set up because I have moved from Brooklyn to Jersey. Weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, as I'm progressing, all that stuff will be back. So salute to you guys for watching the show. Hope you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys didn't have any last word. You want to have a topic that you want to discuss that's on your heart. You can go about that right now. I got a question for y'all. Sure. So obviously y'all know what my ceiling for this team is. I think we can go to the finals. What, what do you guys think? Not realistic. The highest, like your best foot forward, most optimistic. How far can we go in the playoffs? The most optimistic? Eastern Conference. I like that. I like that. Yeah, me too. Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not. I'm not fully on board to say the Knicks gonna make the NBA Finals, but I think at their highest peak, probably Eastern Conference Finals. Because I don't. Because I don't know if the Knicks get like like for example, if the Knicks get by the Bucks, I don't know if they can get by two tough teams uh, in gotcha. like a six seven games. You know, in six seven games. So that's the only. That's the only thing that's keeping me back a little bit from saying Finals. Very yeah. fair. What do you think would have to happen in order for us to make the finals? What X factor or scenario would have to go perfectly for us to do that? Everybody has a click because we already know Jalen Brunson is going to show up. We know mm-hmm. that it's, it's it's really going to be the the secondary guys. Like, well, first Julius Randle has to be back to regular Julius Randle after injury. But to me, it's going to be the. Yo, I really like RJ Barrett still being thing. I, mean, I really feel like Quentin Grimes is somebody. Quentin Grimes and quick, quick Grimes quickly hurt in my mind. Um, could really be pieces to get us to over the top. We have been top five in offense with bad three point shooting. Right, the I feel like what would keep what would bring us over the hump would be actually for us to get our three point shooting on track. And if Quicken Grimes continue to hit fifty percent from three, like yeah, I don't really expect RJ to do that. But if he can do that and then quickly come off the bench and provide three point shooting, then I think it can kind of and I think it can kind of take our offense to that top three level, two level. Because that's the only thing that's been missing offensively for us to really take teams down. And like during that nine game winning streak, um, we were hitting threes. I think we were 40% from three during that winning streak. So I feel like that the three point shot um, is really going to open things up for Brunson in particular and our team, our driving kick. I couldn't agree more. Um. No, for me, um, it got to be the perfect storm. Like, the Knicks have to play defense out of their mind. And then on top of that, like, they have another guy besides, like, of course, Julius Randle, Brunson play their usual way, you know, dropping 20-plus, 
you know, Randall getting 10 plus rebounds, you know, Jalen Brunson contributing with seven assists and things of that nature. Like they would have to be consistent with that. And then they had then I think there would have to be a third score on top of that where, you know, out of nowhere he's dropping 20 plus points a game as well, where it's like you have three players that's contributing at least 60 plus points on the Knicks and great defense. I think that'll get them over the top. Great points. Uh yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think the three-point shooting is gonna be key. We have to maintain our top five offense in the NBA. And I think we have to play up to our potential as a defensive unit. Um, I, Tibbs, I think, can steam well enough for us to have a good game plan going from game to game and series to series. But the guys ought to execute, too, on rotations uh, and fight through strings and do the little things that it, it takes to win a game. But that's where I point the guys at IQ, Grimes and Hart, like, and Hardenstein and Mitch. They're willing to do those things. It's really the guys like RJ and Brunson and Randall. They also have to do their little things. And sometimes, you know, those things are missed in lieu of them having a high scoring output. But it's a lot comes down on Randall's shoulders, man. It's, if he can be what who he is in the regular season, man, I, I it's hard to find a ceiling for this team in the playoffs. Yeah. Also the matchups too, right? Because we okay, cool. We beat the Cavs. Um what's going on? Because aren't aren't the what's right now we have the Celtics one. And we have, no, we have the Bucks one and Celtics two. But yeah. I know that Celtics have been kind of catching the Bucks a little bit. But so I'm not sure what that situation is right now. Like if, Boston, if this, Boston's a game and a half behind Milwaukee. Like, I don't know if, if some crazy finish happens where Celtics actually won and the Bucks are two, then that can be really interesting because. Although I feel like there's a chance that, you know, people are underestimating the Bucs. I mean, the Celtics, I do feel like we match up with the Celtics a lot more depending on how we coach it. You know what I mean? Because Robert Williams versus Mitch, they're kind of both traditional bigs. If they start to go out over more and he catches his drive playing a small ball five, he might have a little bit more problems. But depending on how they coach that game, I feel like even though that's going to be tough, we might – I feel like I still feel like we match up a little bit better versus the, versus the Celtics. Mm, I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah. Good question, Lee. Good question. All right. Salute to the chat, man. Shout out to everybody, everybody in the chat. I don't know if I miss anybody. Uh, all right. Shout out to New Yorkian. Shout out to uh, Allen Lewis. Shout out to Michael Moss. Um, and everybody rocking the show. Um, listen, there might be a change coming with the show, slight change. Slight, so this very slow change. Nothing big. Friday shows. Fridays is usually are the show where everybody's out and we see me, Lee, and a few people. But we, you know, we might change up. We might change it up and do Friday night shows on Saturday, um, unless it's a back to back. If there's a Friday Saturday game, then we'll keep it. We'll, we'll do Friday show and a Saturday show. But if there's no back to back, we might. Think about moving Friday to Saturday so you guys can uh, enjoy the game, enjoy the post game with us on Saturday. Let me know, guys, what you think. But um, because y'all seem to enjoy it on Saturday when it happens. So, hey, <laughs> let's ride that way. But uh, so shout out to you guys. A great show. Great show for you guys, man. And thank you guys for holding it down. I really love uh, the KO team, team, man. I really love our team. Um, Lee, um, Great addition to have you on the squad. It's actually made the the team a little bit more stable. <laughs> where, no like, if something crazy happens to, where I can't do it, like, then I know it's you and Ryan and not just Ryan by ourselves. Or, or you know, or so I really appreciate you joining the team. Uh, no Ryan did a great job hosting. Uh, so, yeah, and shout out to Fritz, too, who stepped up. Shout out to Alex who makes the graphics for us. Um, I'm really loving the, the, the squad. It's been like a slow brick, right, brick build of KOT. Um, but uh, we're going to keep building. And yeah, I still feel like there's some big things to come for us. So shout out, shout out to Chris Williamson, who just retweeted us out of nowhere. I saw that. <laughs> shout out to him. <laughs> and shout out, to, shout out to Chuck D, too. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Lowkey's supporter. So shout out to you, Chuck. I um that's our show. I don't know if you got anything else you want to say or any any cool comments you want to recognize. <laughs> um, I, I do think um Stanley does deserve a pause in the chat because he said you could do the show naked. So yeah, <laughs> that's a big 
Stanley, due to you know YouTube monetization has taken the hit. I'm gonna let you guys know right now. <laughs> YouTube has demonetized a lot of stuff and made things weird. Um, so we not you don't get as much ad money as you used to. And I think being naked <laughs> would drop it even more. <laughs> I think I, I think I, I'm pretty sure there's copyright strike or something. <laughs> There's a strike somewhere in here. I just, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Sam. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yo, that is, that's our show, man. That's that show. Can leave, you can let them know where they can find you. Find me on Twitter. I'm be arguing with Mav fans tonight because I'm really pissed off that the Mavs just don't know how to win a game. Even when it matters for the Knicks to get that trap pick, they're still okay. still just dropping L after L, man. Uh, couldn't happen to a worse fan base in in the, in the Mavs. So find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo. Very happy to be a part of a show. Love JL. It's a death man. Ryan's my main man. Love Fritz. All the mods. It's great to be a part of a KOT team. Can't wait for the playoffs. Thanks, yo. Yeah, bro. To the match for being kind of tank for Victor at, at the ninth hour. That's crazy. Total ass. Yeah, Ryan G, man, let me know where you can find me, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G S C H I L L I. And you can also find me on Sir G's corner. You can also find me on Twitter, Ryan G K O T. And yeah, the Mavs. I mean, come on, come on, yo. You have a team of Luca and Kyrie. You tell me y'all can't win more than you lose? Come on now. Yo, Luca gotta be out of here, bro. He got. I know. Man, he's fed up. Don't waste your career. Don't be Damian Lillard. Don't do it. All right. No. Come to New York. <laughs> Welcome to right. New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo, shout out to my real fake cousin with the Ellison chat. I see you. Um, <laughs> all right. So you already know the deal, man. Uh, you can follow us on the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick and Time Show on Instagram, the Nick and Time Show on Facebook. It's a snack bag, black, white, blue, and orange on the Nick of Show.com. All right, all the way I do is go there, the catalog, boom. And I already know Fritz is putting the links in the, in, in the chat. So you just hit the link and boom, get your hat right there. Also, Fubu TV, shout out to Fubu TV. If you want to watch Nick's for free for seven days, go to fubutv.com slash K O T. And am I forgetting something? I usually have the screen to assist me. Oh, yeah. Listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to the podcast, you can listen to the KOT show. All right. That is our show, guys. Um, yeah. And um, as always, shout out to Worldwide West. It's everywhere you go. It's a worldwide mess. All right. <laughs> That's our show. We out of it. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. <laughs>